Okay, it's Fat Tuesday. Welcome to Fat Tuesday. I want to welcome our online class. I want to thank you all for joining us uh, right now. And even if you join us later, the same anointing that's happening in here will flow through through this camera and it will impact your life. The same words that I speak and read from the Word of God will impact you the same way. I just want to welcome you all. And we're just going to pick up like we never stopped. All right. So, Father, I thank you right now for tonight. I want to thank you for for choosing us, for using us, for establishing us in your kingdom. I thank you right now for the word, Father, that you have have uh, laid on my heart. I want to thank you, Father, for the revelation and the wisdom that you have bestowed upon me. Let every word that proceeds out of my mouth be from you. Father, none of me but all of you. Let me decrease right now. Holy Spirit, increase. Let your, your, your power right now flow through this place. Let your anointing flow through this place. We invite you in, Father. Have your humble abode in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. Change us. I thank you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so <coughs> I, I think I have the, the last lesson that we talked about uh, that, I, that I taught on before the Christmas break, and it was Occupy Until I Come. And I was just going to kind of hit on that one more time, and it's Luke 19, 12 through 26. I'm not reading it all. I'm just going to read this, this, uh, the first two verses here. A nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then returned. Calling, calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, Engage in business until I come. Or in a, another translation, it says, Occupy until I come. And he's giving you a picture of a military coming into a, uh, an area to, to occupy it. Uh, not to take over it, but to establish rulership, to establish decent and, and orderly uh, fashion for life. Does that, does that make sense? And if you go on, when you all go back, and you all go back, anyone that wasn't here way back, I think it was like in December the 17th. I think that was our, our, our last time. All the way back then. And if you read the entire story, it talks about all the the people that had been given gifts and how he was angry at the ones that didn't use them. And and that's what that's where we're at. That's where we're picking up at. That he's standing before the Father saying, I didn't know where I fell at under the fivefold ministry and I'm not coming back. So everybody if I can say one thing, everybody is called to the prophetic ministry. Everybody. There's not one person in here that is not called to prophesy. Every person in here has been called to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to back it up with scripture. And <clears throat> so it says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, and it says, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So I kind of want to go back a little bit. This is not in your lesson, but I just want to show you something where this is true. So all the way back in Numbers 11, um, and, and I'm, I think I'm just going to start at, uh, let me see, verse 25, Numbers 11, verse 25. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 
If not, you would just jot it down and check it out for yourself. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of and took of the spirit that was upon him and put it upon 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, sounding forth the praises of God and declaring his will. Then they did so much no more. So they got into the presence. Do you see the picture that he's giving you? They got into the presence of God and the spirit. So you can get in the in, 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 a, in a room in church right here, just like right now. You can, you can come in here together, and the spirit of prophecy can rest on us, and we can prophesy. It, it happened with, with uh, Saul, Saul as well. Um, so Saul was anointed king, and he went out. This is 1 Samuel 10 and 10. And Saul went out, and guess what he met? He met a band of prophets. And this, and it, this is what the Bible says. It says, the Spirit of God took control of him, and he prophesied. And the people that knew Saul, they, they said, well, what has happened to, to, right to the son of, I think it was, what was his daddy's name? Kish, 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 something. It's one of them Ks. Said, what has happened to him? But my whole point here is he was in a company of prophets. So when you come into a gathering, when you can, when you come in here and we're all on one accord and we get together, guess what? Each and every one of us can prophesy. I really, when I was studying this afternoon and I, I read a scripture that it, we are all so familiar with, it's the very last one on your sheet. And when I get to that, God said, this is what, he, this is what the Holy Spirit said this afternoon while I was studying. He says that when I read this scripture, it's going to activate the prophets in the house. Not, not saying that everybody is a prophet, okay? It's going to activate the prophets. You may fall somewhere else in the, in the fivefold. Remember? Uh, so the fivefold for, for anyone that just joined us, Ephesians 4 and 11, and, and his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. So somewhere in there you fall. And what, what this, the fivefold ministry is for is to equip the body, to equip the, the new believers, the semi-new believers, the old believers that don't have an understanding of this. We're, they're established in the church to equip us, not only for the work of the ministry, but for life, because your life is a ministry. So prophecy, you know, we, we get it, but how would that impact the people that you work with? That you can go and stand and, and talk to them, and God gives you a word, and you prophesy to them, a word. I'm talking about unbelievers, people that are not in church. This is this is this is how it's designed, and this is what it's for. And it would turn their heart back to the Father. It will trigger something on the inside of them, stir something up on the inside of them that they know that God is real, God is true, God is, and, and His gifts are real. Now, listen. There are going to be those people out there that you know. The, the wannabe prophets and, and the prophets that, that want to be greater than 
you know, other people. It's just like in, in numbers. I'll, I'll give you an example. Numbers. So all this happened, and all the elder, elders, the 70 prophesied. But if you skip on down, Joshua was mad about it. So people, people, you know, it, it's okay to, good competition is great. But that spirit of competition to outdo someone in the church is not what God's looking for. Right? Okay. So if you read on down, he says, he says, this is what, what Moses says. He said, Joshua said, you know, forbid them to do this. Right? He's mad. He's mad because Joshua's like number one in charge. He's like, I'm next in line for this. You know? And Moses said, this is what Moses said. He said, are you envious or jealous? He says, he said, would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them? Moses is like, I want everybody to prophesy. He says, this is not a gift just for you. So when you start walking in whatever God's called you, don't get jealous of other people. Don't get envious of, of, of other people. That well that God is pouring down in and upon us it has not went dry. There's enough for everybody. The most important thing is that we are impacting the world with the kingdom. So that's that that spirit of competition has to cease in the body of Christ. You know, if Moses corrected Joshua, there's probably some correction that should be going on in the church. Because we should we shouldn't think that we're the only ones. Like like Elijah. You know, and when you're walking around thinking you're the only one, what happened to Elijah? He, he went into a depression. He went into a, he hid in a cave. He let some words that someone spoke. That's all they did. They spoke some words about him, you know, and, and it freaked him out, and he ran away and hid. And he was like, I'm the only one. And God was like, no, dude, I got 700 more. <laughs> he did. He says, I got 700 more. You know, and he was still the woe is me, and it's because he he felt like he was carrying the burden of the world on his shoulders. And that's so when someone feels that way, do you see how critical it is for us to activate these gifts within the body so that you don't feel like you're the only one carrying it? Because when you feel like you're the only one carrying it, then what happens? Elijah, that's what happens. You go into a, a, a funk and a depression, and you hide over some mere little words after you just called down the fire of God. You just, you just, you know, stood up on a mountain, called down the fire of God. God did great and mighty works. You know, I mean, this man was anointed. Anointed. And he let words, you know, intimidate him and scare him. So we cannot be those people that think that we're the only ones living right, we're the only ones that are acting right, we're the only ones that can operate this way, it is not the truth. If we would equip the body, then it would, it, it, it brings everything into alignment. So, all right, with that being said, I'm going to start with Ephesians 2 and 10. And this is what it says, is it says, for we are God's own handy, handiwork. The workmanship, uh, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those what? Good works, which God what? Predestined. 
what this goes all the way back to Jeremiah 1 and 1 1 through 5 you know where he says that I've called you and I've predestined you and I've got a great work for you to do this is what he's saying here he's saying that I've called you you've been recreated in Christ Jesus born anew that you may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us taking paths which he what pre-prepared ahead of time that we would walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So there are some things that God prearranged and predestined for us to walk out. And that's what we have to tap into. We have to tap into what God is calling us to. He's calling us higher. He's, he's saying that I've got gifts in on the inside of you that I want to activate, but we've got to have a hunger and we have got to get out of the mindset and the mentality of being a church goer. You are not a church goer. You come here to get activated so that you can do the work of the ministry that God's called you to. This is not your destination. Platform ministry is not your destination. Your destination is the your family and the friends that you see every day. That random person that you see out in public that God gives you an unction and an urge to say something to that will bring them freedom, that will bring them peace that they're looking for. Anytime God can use a stinking cup of coffee in Starbucks to change the a whole the countenance and his his everything, everything changes. It, it, it wasn't the coffee. It was that he knew that God cared. You see what I'm saying? It's important to be in tune with God. It's a, that's why he says that you should desire to prophesy because you're hearing directly from God so that you can impact the world with his words, shape whatever atmosphere that's going on, that you can, you can change someone's life because you're in tune. And not doing life as usual, just getting up, getting ready for work, going to work, doing your job, coming back home. Your job is your assignment. It's your assignment. What are you saying to these people? What are you speaking over people when you're bringing their bodies into alignment? When you're, when you're, you're helping their muscles to shift, are you speaking the word of God over their life? Are you telling them what God has told you to tell them? He says, don't resist me. That's what I hear. He's saying, don't resist me. I've got so much more for you. He says, I've created you. He says, you to do great and mighty works. For my, you're going to impact my kingdom mightily. Stop doubting yourself. Stop looking at what you see with your natural eyes. He says, this is a spiritual walk. Great and mighty works. Okay, Ephesians 3 and 10, it says the purpose is that through the church, the complica complicated, many-sided wisdom of God. Actually, in the, in, in the maybe New King's translation or the New King's uh, translation, it says the manifold wisdom of God. P Pastor DJ will understand this because he understands what a manifold is, right? So this is, this is what he's saying. I wrote some notes down because my husband had to explain it to me. He was like, a manifold is. So, uh, manifold, I wrote it somewhere. Okay, means 
many pipes flowing into one or one pipe flowing into many. He said it actually means the source flows into many. So, all right, i.e., the fivefold ministry. So Jesus walked the earth. This is, this, is, this is what I want you to understand. Jesus walked the earth, and he walked in all five-fold ministry. He was an apostle. He was a teacher. He was a pastor. He was an evangelist, and he was an apostle. I said apostle, prophet, right? He was all, all wrapped up. It says that God gave him the spirit without measure. Well, that's not happening anymore. Now, when, when Jesus gave gifts to the church, he gave, he's like, it's like Seth told me, he said that it was like uh, a water fountain, uh, a soda fountain, soda fountain. So when one, one gets, you, you, you put your cup up under there and you get a little bit, you get some apostles, you know, and then somebody will get a prophet and somebody will get a teacher and somebody, and it, one source, one source, many outlets or pipes. Is that right? Is that, did, I, did I say it right? So, so it says, let me go back, and it says, the purpose is that through the church, the complicated, the many-sided wisdom of God, that's us, us, the church, us, right? That the, 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 the wisdom of God will come through us and into, filter into the world so that when they don't have an answer for something, you know, you're, you're, you're like, oh, no, I'm flowing in this. The answer is the Lord. Well, what this is what I know. And then you start giving the word of God. And it's a game changer. So the manifold wisdom of God goes into all these different people, everybody. Everybody's got something over their head that they're walking, a mantle that is on your life with an assignment that you're supposed to impact the world. Impact. So we should be covering the earth. Where everywhere you go, you you're on you're, you're on duty. Because he said, if we go back up to Luke nineteen and twelve, it says, "Engage in business until I come." Has he come back? Absolutely not, not yet. So what are we supposed to be doing? Occupying until he comes. Engaging in business until he comes. So if you're not engaging, then you're you're slacking on your job and your assignment. So that's why it's important for us to always be in tune. Always. Always be ready. He says be ready in season and out. I don't, I'm not going to let Seth explain it until afterwards. <laughs> in season and out. So there's, there's no off days. It, it, sounds, it sounds like it's, it's a hard thing, but it's not. Because when you understand that it's not you doing it, then you can relax. And that's what happens is you think you're doing it in your own might, and you're not. Okay. So the many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and the authorities and principalities and the powers in the heavenly sphere. So that means that when you're operating in what you're supposed to be operating, everything is, recognizes it. Everything. Every demonic force on earth recognizes who you are. And it's because you're operating 
with what God has put on the inside of you. But what happens is, is, is when you start studying the word, reading the word, you're feeding yourself. You're feeding yourself. And what God will do, he was like, you don't have to worry about what to say. He was like, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull what you've been pouring on the inside out of you. And he says it will flow like a well. And it will just keep coming up and out, up and out. I'm telling you, if, if when, who, who was in here? Everybody, I think, pretty much everybody was in here when, when God told me to lay hands on everybody and to prophesy, right? Now, it was, it was probably, what, 25, 30 people in here. If I had thought about that in my natural, in the natural, it would have overwhelmed me. But when I know it's not me doing the work, I can relax. I'm like, I'm resting in you, God. You got this. If, if you don't have a word for guess what? I'm going to say absolutely nothing. I'm not making up no fake prophecies just to satisfy the, the, the masses. And you don't have to either. Don't, no, absolutely not. Don't feel that pressure. If you don't have something to say, don't say nothing. Sometimes your silence speaks volumes. There is a vocabulary of silence. I operated in it once. <laughs> it's just true. I know it's funny, but it's true. It is. It is. And I went, I went, I've, t- I've told this story in here before. I went to a, a, com- a, con- a concert um, at at a church in Montgomery. And it was the strangest thing. And I got there, I was with one of my best friends, and I, I was really amped, and I was excited, you know. And we went in there, and they knew some of the people that were singing, and, you know, so we got to meet and interact with some of the people. I think it was uh, Point of Grace, I think. Is that a name of the church? Yeah, okay. And so we were in there, and just, you know, whatever. And I said nothing. And I sat down, and and I wanted to talk. And I sat down, and I said nothing. And my girlfriend, because, you know, I I just, I like to talk. And and my girlfriend looked at me, and she said, what is wrong with you? I was like, "Mm, boo. (laughs) That was what I said, was it. And I knew, I was like, something was, I, I couldn't say anything. And I got home, and I, Tim was asleep already. This, this has been years ago. He's working at Hyundai. And I woke Tim up, and I was like, Tim, I went to so-and-so and so-and-so. You knew where I went. And I was like, and I couldn't talk. Now, you know, y'all know how Tim is. Tim is most accurate when he's waking up out of a sleep, for real. You know, I could call him right now, and it would sound like I'm talking to a 12-year-old. But when that man is fresh up out of not, you know, yeah, if he's not trying to figure something out, and he's just flowing. I'm telling you, he'll just flow in the spirit. And I was like, I don't know what was wrong. What was going on? And he said, the Lord said that he didn't want you to say anything. He wanted what was on your life to be, uh, like, released in that place. And he didn't need any disturbance. (laughs) And he rolled right back over and went to sleep. And I was like, I'm sitting up in bed like, ooh, it was good. <laughs> so there is a vocabulary of silence. Seriously. 
you know, um, and and you just you just you just got to know when you know the Spirit wants you to open up, and when and you've got to be able to trust that He is going to give the word, a word. So, all right, let me keep moving. All right, Matthew three and one and one through three, and it says, in those days there appeared uh, appeared John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And saying, repent, think differently, change your mind, regretting your sins and changing your conduct. For the what? Kingdom of heaven is at hand. This, this, this verse right here says a lot. And, and it wasn't until I started studying, you know, the fivefold that I realized what all it was saying. Okay? And it says, this is he who was mentioned by the prophet, prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the road for the Lord, make his highway straight. All right. So it says that he was one of the greatest prophets. John the Baptist was one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, right? That's what the word says, right? And so this is this is what a prophet is. This this verse says it. And you, when I read it today, I was like, oh, there it is. So prophets are forerunners who make a way. For greater things. Prophets are forerunners that make a way for greater things. They carry a great sense of spiritual authority. Did, did, did he not walk in a great sense of spiritual authority? He, he did. They draw people to them because people were running to hear. They when they speak, they turn the hearts of the people back to God. Were people not getting baptized, giving their lives back? Just think about it. This is, this is how impactful a prophet is. Uh, uh, let me see. He, they turn people uh, back to holiness, being one with God. Um, they, let me see, they usher in the kingdom of God, the kingdom mandate. Is that, is that not what the word says? It says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is what John, the, this is what's so cool about John the Baptist. And this is just a, a little nugget. So they came to him and they asked him, they said, are you the prophet that was prophesied about? You know what he said? No. He said no. They went to Jesus. They said, Jesus, uh, are you the prophet that they prophesied about? Oh, no. They said, is John the Baptist the prophet that they prophesied about? And Jesus said, yep. So even when you don't know what your calling, mandate, mantle is on your life, you can still operate in it with accuracy. That makes sense? That's good, ain't it? I know, I know, I know. That's what I got. I did. I was like, wow, because he did. And you know why? Because it wasn't important to have a title. He didn't have to go around telling everybody, I am the prophet that was prophesied about by Isaiah. He didn't have to do that. Guess what? what he, how he operated spoke volumes. And that's where a lot of young, immature people get caught up in. They get caught up in titles. And what God's concerned about is you being impactful. 
even if you don't know, me, guilty, I didn't know what I operated in. I didn't. I just knew that God was like, give them a word, tell them this, blah, 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 whatever, whatever it was. And I just, I didn't, I didn't put a title on it. It wasn't even important for me to have uh, the, the title pastor. I could care less. I've been doing the same thing consistently for years, and I was never moved by a title. Ever. I could, I could care less. I tell you what I'm moved by is the power of God operating. That's my desire. My desire is to be obedient and pleasing to him. And everything that I do brings glory and honor to him. So there's a sense of humility that comes along with this. I could care. I don't want anybody ever to say prophetess or anything like that. I could care less. It is not important. What's important is that I hear from God. What's important is that signs, miracles, and wonders are happening because that's what he's called us to do. And I'm talking about everybody. Jeremiah 1, 5 through 8. And it says, and this is, this is I'm going to end with this, and, and we'll continue to talk after. But this is the scripture that, that I was studying this afternoon, and the Lord said that when I read this, that it's going to activate. It's going to activate the prophets in the house. Okay? And, and, I, and I honestly believe that, the, that people listening, because God's not limited, I will never, ever limit God. Because he will activate even for you that are listening later. I don't, I don't care if it's two days from now, three days from now, a week, a month, whatever. God said that this scripture is alive and active. And if you will see yourself through this, then the activation will happen for the prophets. Okay? All right? So this is uh, probably one of everybody's favorite scripture. I don't think I know anybody that has not read Jeremiah 1, you know, 1 through 5 and, you know, or preached it or anything like that. It's, it's just a, it's a great scripture. And it says, before I formed before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And it's, it is my go-to scripture because I always want people to know that you were not an accident. I don't care how you got here. I don't care, you know, if it was legal, illegal, if it doesn't matter. God, God, he says, I placed you in your mother's womb. And he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my what? Chosen instrument. Everyone is chosen. Chosen. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. You belong to God. You were bought with a price. He is your Lord. And when you understand that and you come up under that, then you're going to start to see the things that you've been desiring for 
I'm just going to say all your life. So he said, (coughs) he says, and before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a young man. But the Lord said to me, do not say that I am only a young man, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. He's saying in, in, in this right here, he's saying, look, don't be a people pleaser. Don't be concerned about what people think. You know, I, 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 I gave a word that was really, it was, it was tough, right? But it was, it, was, it was accurate and it was from God. And you can choose to either be obedient to what God, and any word that you receive, you should filter it through the word of God and see if it lines up. And if you don't think it lines up, then you guess what? All you have to do is say, that wasn't for me. That wasn't true. That wasn't right. That wasn't because it says, do not fear a prophet that gives you a false word. It says you fear a prophet that gives you a truthful word, is what the Bible says. So I don't go, I, I, it's not a desire to give someone a hard word. It's not. But my desire to obey him outweighs that desire not to offend. And if you get offended, you're not getting offended at me. You're getting offended at the word in God. Because you prefer to live in your same worldly way and your worldly thought process than to be obedient to where God wants to take you. And you're putting a cap on your potential what you're doing this is rough because he's saying and you will never walk in the fullness that I have for you that's sad so he said he says do not say that I am only a young man because God can use anybody he can use anybody in the church Anybody. And, and you got to understand, your age, your age of maturity is when you, you got saved. Your age of maturity is when you walk through that renewing process and you start to transform your thinking. So he says, do not say that I am only a young man because everywhere I send you, you shall go. So prophets are sent as well as apostles. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them or their hostile faces, for I am with you always to protect you and deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, hear me, I have put my words in your mouth. You're not conjuring up anything when it comes down to prophecy. God says that I am putting the words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. And this is what, when I read that today, 
And this is, this is what he's saying over the nations and over the kingdoms. Everybody, and we just live here in, in Alabama. Well, we, are, we live in the nation of America, right? So everywhere you go, you can't be influenced by the, the, the atmosphere of the world. And you can't get, you can't get so involved in the, the political atmosphere you're supposed to impact it you're supposed to be praying you're not you're not supposed to be choosing sides you know and that's where people get it confused and I see it more with Christians taking a stance hard stance on stuff when all God called us to do was to pray for those in authority but we want to fight and argue over who's in authority and that's not what he's called us to do how can you impact the world when you've already chosen a side? You're supposed to be on the side of God. And what his word says about any given situation. So how do you impact the nations or the kingdoms? How do you do that? By saying what the God says about the situation. What does the word of God say about anything? I don't, it doesn't matter. That's how you impact it. When you take a stance for him... He says, I'm going to take a stance for you. And he says, and I will protect you, and I will deliver you, and I will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Because you're saying what he says. And it says, and it says, um, behold, I have put my words, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to do what? To uproot, to break down to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as, uh, as anyone that's called to be a prophet. So what are, you, what are you uprooting? Anything that is unlike God. What are you breaking down? Any, any tradition that does, doesn't line up with the word of God. That's what you're doing. You're, you don't allow things to go. You're like, you bring order to anything chaotic. He says to destroy and to overthrow any demonic force that's trying to, to overthrow the word of God in any situation. Anytime they try to re, redefine the, the design of God, you don't stand with that. You don't stand beside that. You're like, oh, no, this is because he, he made us two different beings in the beginning and this is why I don't, I don't believe this way. And you just, you just got to be articulate in the word of God. You, you don't even have, and I'm talking about simplistic. Y'all heard me stumble over words. I'm like, well, that's not what the word of God says. And you just speak the word of God, period. That's what we're called to do. And he says to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So you're always planting what? The word of God in someone's heart. And you're stirring them up. That's what we're called to do in, 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 in the body of Christ, in the church. We're to establish his kingdom. We're to establish his word. We're not to, to, to go even, even a little bit of disobedience is what? Disobedience. 
so that you come in to bring order. And I'm not saying you got to be mean. You can do it nicely, you know. I'm still working on that, Pat. <laughs> the truth. I know. Anywho, okay, I'm going to close with that, and we'll continue to talk. I just want to thank everybody for joining us uh, on the live stream, and we'll see you all next week.